Hey, see. I'm so sorry. That's fine. Going you back. You want to get no love phone? Yeah, going back to what you said earlier about having a phone and it being safe to keep up with your kids. You know, a couple of years ago, school shootings where it seemed like once a month, parents wanted to get their kids' phones. But the bad guys also knew parents were getting the phones to start media. Hey, let me take take it a step further than that. I've (laughs) been through a whole lot of mass casualty training and active shooter, active killer training and the training for, you know, how things go bad on school campuses, all the way up to the reunification of children with parents once this thing comes down. And the, the, the thing that bothers me the most about that is the bad guys know the training. Yes. So what are we doing if, you know, if we're training how to negotiate through an active shooter situation on a school campus and we have this big publication out there, mm-hmm. who, else is, who else has access? A lot of people. I'll tell you something funny that I had to deal with a couple of months ago. I was on a Facebook page site for human trafficking. It was more of the West Coast between California and Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, a kid got on there about 1130 at night needing help, which was kind of strange on its own being on a human trafficking uh, Facebook page. Well, mm-hmm. anyway, people people were trying to comment. He basically gave the address and code where he was at. I go, I figured the address out. I ended up calling San Antonio, Texas Police Department. By that time, it's about 1230 at night and and giving them this information and whatnot. But as I watched the Facebook page, people were just just talking freely about different things. And as soon as it got done with that, they ended up calling me back about almost two o'clock. And they went out there and it was a big domestic uh, parents fighting with the grandparents. Well, anyway, they had called me back just to let me know, you know, everything's okay. But I sent the administrators messages offline going, hey, the bad guys are on these Facebook pages. The bad guys are on these human trafficking pages watching yes. how everybody operates because they're one up on us. And the I went to a class a couple of years ago to where Homeland Security was talking about how the cartels and organized crime globally love coming to the United States. But guess what state they like coming to? Um, Alabama or Texas? You win. You would see you won the big prize, Alabama. <laughs> you know why Alabama? Because why? they operate in front of us. They're not hiding yes. like they are in Texas or Florida yes. or coming through Georgia. They're operating businesses right in front of us, and nobody's questioning. And these are businesses, mind you, with business licenses. Yes, they're shell businesses that operate in the public's. I mean, look at labor trafficking. It's done all over the country in front of us. Right. But but this stuff does happen. And, you know, I'm not a fan of the iPad, and that was a real problem for me for a, a year of having Nola have one because it's just so dangerous. And if, it, if you're not going to be a parent and you're not going to parent, we got problems. But Karen, what can, not only do we have problems with suicide, mental health, depression, 
financial problems. A lot of Americans are going into financial problems. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about how about the runaways and the foster care systems. Why does Alabama's foster care system so mm-hmm. broken? I know that being contracted with DHR in a couple of different counties, that they are desperate for good foster parents. And there are some out there that do it out of out of the heart and the mindset that they really do want to impact children's lives and they really do want to give people um, mm-hmm. these young people an opportunity that they otherwise would not have had. Um, but there are some that do it for the money and that's just that's just how it is. And you know as well as I do, it doesn't have to be foster parenting. It can be counselors. It can be other professionals. It can be policemen that are doing it just for the money. And when you when you do something that doesn't have your heart in it, it it comes across as a very counterfeit um, gesture. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens a lot of times in foster care. There are the ones who are truly genuine people. Now I can speak because mom and dad were foster parents in Montgomery. Um, Mom and dad were the presidents of the foster parents association and they really spent a lot of time and, you know, making sure that, that foster parents that were in the therapeutic foster system, providing a home for children, like the ones that I witnessed in my house, Mm -hmm. Um, digging out of the garbage can in the middle of the night and you know just the most horrendous of things that they experienced and and you know I I think that shaped a lot of how I got to be where I am today is because I was in a home where I got exposed to young people who came some came from some pretty adverse um, circumstances and I know that there are good foster parents out there, but I know that we need a whole lot more. We do, and times have changed since then. And I mean, completely changed. But what's mind-blowing for me is uh, 2017, we had, what, 700,000 in the system, 23,000 kids age out. What happens when the uh, 18-year-old ages out? Are they they just cut loose, or do they go somewhere else? (laughs) This is a really difficult topic because when they age out, they really don't age out until 19. And now foster care Mm -hmm. will hold on to young people that are enrolled in college. You know, they graduate high school. They have goals. They have, you know, a mission. They have promise. And they go and, you know, sign up for classes at a university. Mm -hmm. Uh, DHR will will hold on to those kids until I think 24 maybe 26 Um, Mm -hmm. I want to say maybe 24 maybe 25 but they don't just age out anymore like they used to Um, but the problem comes when we have 18 year olds who are out on the street and they don't Mm -hmm. have a place to live and they you know have they have Medicaid for insurance or some other form of insurance, but when they're 19, they're cut off if they're not in school. So we have, you know, we have a recipe for homelessness. We do. And, and then with the homelessness comes vulnerability. 
And these young people who are vulnerable and don't have the basic necessities like we do, you know, food, shelter, water. Correct. Are prone to being prey to these people yes. out there who are trying to take control over lives that they can exploit. And they do it every day. I learned something a couple of weeks ago that I was mind blown about. And I literally, as soon as, soon as I seen this, I jumped on and started taking every little class I could, every little uh, portal that I could to learn up really fast on this problem. 48% of the human trafficking kids in America are the LGBTQ kids that are in the age between 10, 11 to 14. And I was mind blown by that because I'm going, how do they even know what, what, you know, how their body's changing? And then what they do is they come and tell their parents, their parents throw them out. And now we got 48% of young people living on the street, homeless, and they're nothing but prey. Yes. And yeah. then they start survival sex. A lot of yeah. these girls and a few of the boys, you know, the girls are the highest percentage. Right. Are but there's boys too. It's, it's unbelievable. Well, and, and what I can speak to that, I'll give you a nugget of something that I learned the hard way. And I mean, this is this is like personal experience. What I saw transpire and the trends that I'm seeing are, like you said, in certain um, groups of young people, mm-hmm. especially the LGBT. But then you have, <laughs> I hope that I get this right, the words that need to come out of my mouth right now. Those of us parents who have sheltered our children, those of us who have been helicopter parents, those of us who have given our very best to our children and to try to make sure that they have the very best. Mm -hmm. I got bit in the rear end on that one because what happened was I had a sheltered child that got out in the open trying to be independent go to get a job get befriended by some some displeasurable people and they use mind games as a way to control exploit the vulnerable um these young people wouldn't see it coming a mile away and the parents who are professionals the parents who say, oh, that would never happen to me. That's going to be the homeless kid or the kid with the bad parenting or the kid that lives, you know, in the, the, the poor part of town or it's not like that anymore. And that is the shocking revelation that I wish that everybody could grasp. Not that I'm trying to send the message of fear because that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is, it's no longer, oh, well, that will never happen to my kid. That will never happen here. That is a fallacy. And I really, really hope that, you know, if I were to go out and speak to to people like I'm speaking right now, that they really check themselves and they really check what's going on with their kids. Mm-hmm. Because when you, when you start having a kid that is one person 
and then six months later is a totally different person it's almost like you don't know your kid there is a major problem and you better get to digging and investigating I think you're if you're six months into figuring that out you're too late yes (laughs) I I mean I mean you you have you're at the uh you're at your crossroads at six months if this behavior has changed. That's just my opinion because well, I'm looking it, it, you're at no this longer, kids being faster you're no longer than you were. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm looking at it as kids being faster than we were growing up. You know, I think <laughs> I thought we knew it all, but I think we're all late bloomers at what we did where these kids now are doing stuff when I was 18, 19, 20. They're doing it now at 13 and 14. Well, and it, that's the other thing that it brings me back to the devices. They yes. have the worldwide whatever in their hands. It's it's not www anymore. It's www like worldwide whatever. Whatever you want, you can get it. You can have access to it. Everything. And when we were in high school, <laughs> We, we had our own stuff going on and we had, you know, we had things that were happening when we were in high school. But these kids, it's a whole nother ball game. It's but, a whole nother level. But you had to write it on a note and put it in a locker. You right. couldn't text me that stuff. You, you, oh, it's and like you we're old, super it. old fashioned. Well, these kids can hide anything that they want to hide. And they can. And, and they do it. Their society's groomed them to do that. that. That's what breaks my heart and really fires me up about this is society is grooming our kids in the streets from technology. And have you have you come across the um, it's a Netflix program and it may take me a second to come up with the name of it, but it'll blow your mind because it is the actual people who founded the like button on Facebook um, yeah. the guy that founded Pinterest yeah. it's a whole group of them the guy that made um, they all get together and they do this um, documentary about yep. this social media stuff and yep. what it's done to society and what it's doing to our kids and our families the guy Randy saw this and we talked about it Friday at work Randy watched it and I was supposed to watch it this weekend you know I don't really watch a lot of TV I'll watch some news and it's like Sean Sean don't watch any anything but yet he gets all his news from me anyway so we talked about this show that you're talking about and the guy got the, on there the, talking the about social, the social the social dilemma yes he says he wish he'd have never made that like button because what he did was yes. basically start bullying. He started uh, mental health. He started teenage suicide because now kids do everything for a like or yes. they got to have their stuff shared. Yes. And uh, it's a re- I'm going to have to go back and watch it sometime this weekend. But it was something it's, that we did talk about Friday and, and it was right. It's you very know, tragic. It, it is. And it's sad that we've got this way. And I wanted to go back to something a while ago that you, we were talking about and how this is what I get a lot when I'm out talking and doing my thing. I'll get that, well, it's rough on single parents or, it, you know, 
things are different because of the parent thing. And I'm going to be honest with you, that's crap because that's crap to me because I know a single mom that I talked to tonight, just actually a couple of hours ago. She's a single mom. She works full time. Her kids are all in high school. She's been working uh, actually two jobs. Now she's leaving to go actually work a Monday through Friday, eight to five, because her 10th grade daughter really needs her at home and she wants to be at home. So she's going to find her eight to five instead of working these swing shifts, working at night because she wants to be home with her kids. And I applaud her for that. And, And she don't have a man in the family and she's doing it perfectly. And then I know some single daddies that are out yes. here doing the same thing because they want to take care of your kids. That's right. They will sacrifice for them. That's right. It all takes commitment. And, you know, it, it takes commitment, but not just that, but it takes support. And it takes, you know, being connected with people who are speaking life into your situation and into your family. It takes, you know, um, it takes secondary parents, you know, there's, there's secondary parents all over the place that their children may be grown and and out on their own, but they're still school teachers. They're still principals. They're still, you know, highly connected with young people. And they, they assert that, you know, when, when it's needed. And I think that's, that's wonderful. I wish that I could see it more. I, you know, I would too. I would like to see a little bit more than having so many of these negative numbers that we're running into with everything. Uh, right. The prison system, the prison system in Alabama, one in four uh, inmates have been in the uh, uh, the foster care system. In 2020, our own, own lawmakers here in Alabama stated that mental health funding is, is just basically we failed. We failed it. Um, then you turn around and why is primary health care not focusing really on younger, um, I guess, populations on your, why do we not have primary mental health in our, uh, I guess the doctors, do they not, is it just simply just medical? Do they not incorporate the mental health with your medical any, at all here in Alabama? Well, typically the way that it works and the way that it works with me is that pediatricians who have been seeing these children and they know, you know, their history, they know the family. These are, you know, your your pediatricians, your family's pediatrician will see the need for counseling or for psychiatry, which is two different things. But um, they make the referrals for those services from their offices because, you know, um, a lot of pediatricians that I speak to and that I work with don't feel comfortable anymore providing um, prescriptions that are psychiatry in nature Mm -hmm. because they would just rather them see, you know, the professional that that specializes in that because of the the level of depression and suicidality in young people right now um and you know it's preferred that that they go through counseling while they're on medication um a lot of people don't understand that the psychiatrist is the one that writes the prescription the psychologist is the one that does the testing and assessing and 
Um, they do counseling as well. But us as licensed professional counselors, you know, private practice and mental health, we're there to monitor, to educate, to support, to make sure that those medications are working correctly. And if they're not, we refer them back to the physician that wrote the prescription because there may need to be changes. And it's a continual, um, it's a continual care that has to transpire for a young person who is is having mental health issues and you know the the stigma associated with oh my gosh i've got to go to a psychiatrist or oh my gosh i gotta go talk to a counselor you know i wish that i could get my point across that counseling is not punitive Counseling is not something that you have to do because you've done something wrong or because you're a bad person or because you have bad genetics or because, you know, you have a problem. You know, counseling should be something that we do on the forefront. Um, If you get into counseling because you're you're responding to something, it's 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 a lot more work just like you know we we talked about school shootings not too long ago Mm -hmm. if we're doing more on the prevention side we're not going to have to worry about our response as much if if we're out there educating on what the signs are and someone that is disturbed in a school system and saying something for god's sake and not keeping (laughs) that a secret Yes, that that's another big problem in America. The oh. see something, say something movement. You know, I preach it all the time with everything I do. If you see something, say something, call the police. That's what your taxpaying money goes to. Call the police, let them come out. Whether you're wrong, whether you're totally, maybe you've seen something that you thought was going on, let them go out there and at least investigate it. Say something, yeah. call. We don't. Well, and I mean, I've got something better than that. It was, I think it was 2018 when the Department of Education's, um, the FCC came down and it was the last talking session to discuss arming teachers in schools. And that Mm -hmm. happened in Montgomery. And I was asked on behalf of Sandy Hook Promise to go and speak. Not totally against it, but just to go and speak on why this was really a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And that was that was one of my points is, you know, we have enough problems with young people in the school system who are who are challenged with mental health issues. And Sandy Hook Promise has an app that every school system in the state of Alabama could have. It's an app that you put on your phone and it's just it's simply say something. And this app is an anonymous reporting system. Kids can report things that they see or hear. Uh, The teachers can report things that they see or hear. The administration has access to this and the police department. It's a win-win. It is. It is, Karen. You're absolutely right. And you know, I was thinking about a while ago about the MACE too, with the Bluetooth or, or however it is with the text. And if you turn it around and twist this up, you're now talking about Big Brother controlling everybody and you get all these, uh, the conspiracy theorists come out and going, 
well, the government's going to control us and what they're going to do is they're going to chip us and they're going to do this, this, and this. Well, okay, they're already doing that with your cell phone. I mean, mm -hmm. everything that you're talking about, well, this is the end of the world and, and they're controlling us. Well, they're doing that with our phone and they're doing it with our GPS location. They're doing it about what we talk about. And they're, we're okay with that. <laughs> but if, if I said I'm going to stick you a, a little chip in your arm, People are going to go nuts over it, but they're already doing it. Yes. So, so we need this for the kids' safety, but yet people go, oh, I don't want nobody controlling me. Well, you're not parenting your kids. Somebody's got to do it. And, and, you know, and it's going to come down to that. Because we're running out of options. We're running out. And just like how you were talking about earlier in the show about you coming on to talk, I think I think it's time for everybody to get out and start talking because there's a lot of people that are so blinded, and I mean parents here in the Tri-County that are so blind about what's going on, and they don't believe that it could ever happen to them and your family like you were talking about, and they would never believe that their daughter would do such a thing, but yet she she's climbing out of windows at 2 or 3 in the morning. Um, it's going on, people, and... Something else that I've seen a lot of people, they just want to be listened to. Have you noticed yes. that maybe this past year, even with youth groups and, and different groups that you've been in, that well, the I, people I hear it all the time. To? It's I hear it all the time. It it doesn't have to be a young person. It doesn't have to be the general public. It doesn't have to be a first responder. I'm, we all want to be listened to and if you look at you know I'm, I'm involved with working with law enforcement officers and they're taking their lives at a huge rate and I mean it's increasing every year it's getting more intense and they need somebody to listen well, well, I mean we, we, we really need to take a step back and reevaluate some things and just simply listen well, well I, i've said numerous times on different um topics that we've talked about nothing's going to change until we get at a round table and get very uncomfortable with each other because we're not fixing nothing here in america right now and we got the whole united states divided in different pieces now and nobody wants to get uncomfortable to talk and really change stuff but see, you can have uncomfortable conversations with people and do it with dignity and respect and with an understanding that, hey, this is just how I feel. I don't yes. know how you feel, but this is what I see. This is what what trends I'm seeing. These are the things that, that trouble me greatly. You know, it's all in the way that we talk to people. Correct. There's not enough training and a lot of stuff that's going on that even brings that up it's all in how you communicate with people listen to what they have to say yes and then let's fix the problems and you know th there's enough people with boots on the ground in america that's ready to fix the problems it seems like we have a hurdle in our way with a lot of stuff and just from what i've seen today and talking to different people people are tired of these hurdles in front of them and when you're dealing with children and you're dealing with their safety, the parents yes. are getting fed up with it. Yes. Well, I mean, we all want to to have 
the peace of mind and knowing that we send our children away from us to school, to church, wherever it is, even if it's a Girl Scout um, group meeting, because I do that too. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. um, you you want to trust that that they're going to come back to you in the same fashion that they left you unharmed and healthy that's I mean, not happening it's not I was sitting at the park in Prattville today and we were just got done and Nola and them were playing around and I was sitting there I was putting all the pictures together you know sitting thinking completely kind of by myself but beside the park and I looked up and I saw this uh, this marquee about the park and it's on my Facebook now. I took a picture of it. And I I'm sitting it. there thinking, and I, I said a little prayer, and I was sitting there going, you know, make sure I'm in the right, you know, of where the direction that I need to go now. And I started thinking, parents send their kids to parks, yeah. thinking that they're just going to play. And sometimes they'll be sexually abused. They'll be attacked. They'll be taken. Yeah. And we're living in a society like that. And it, and it just blows my mind that things have gotten so bad just now in the past five years. It's been bad, but it's gotten a lot more, uh, I guess, violent, but yet in our face in the past five years. Yes. And and that's, that's one of the things, you know, I, I do violence prevention programs, which is basically it consists of healthy relationships and teaching young people what healthy looks like because they don't always know. And, you know, there's power in knowledge. And if we can, if we can expose young people and even families, even young parents to what healthy relationships look like and consist of then they're going to be able to tell it super quick when it's not yeah but you know and they're going to get the heck out of dodge you know I, I did some homework on you because your specialties are trauma marital marital the uh, children and the ptsd stuff and that's funny you said that because i was just going to ask you earlier but now's a good time to do it. <laughs> when you talk about kids, you talk about parents and marital marriages. You know, it seems like everybody needs love. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody you kind of need it as humans. Yeah. But yet, if you're not getting it at home, somebody else is going to give you the word because yeah. parents are not talking to their young people about what love is. Love is not sex, and sex is not love. And these little girls that are coming from the abused family or the alcoholic or uh, some parents are even addicts, they're looking for some type of artificial love that somebody in the streets will say the word to them, and these girls would do anything they tell them to do. Well, I've, I've, had, I've had young girls in my practice that... You know, mo- most of the stuff that I do is it centers around crime victims. And when we're talking crime victims, I'm talking 10, 11, 12 years old. If you can think of your child being that age and finding pornographic photos of them on the device that you've given them because that's your way of making sure that they're safe. Mm-hmm. 
and then to find out that they only sent them because they were pressured and, and emotionally blackmailed by the person on the other end. These kids don't know that they're being exploited. They're being coerced into doing it. it it's, it's all fraudulent. It's, it's absolutely what the basis of, of even trafficking is. It's the same thing. It's just on a sexual abuse side of it. Right, they're but here's, being, here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. When it's the 10 or 11 or 12-year-old boy from school that's coercing or pressuring, there's nothing going to happen. No. Juvenile laws in Alabama are horrible. <laughs> I, bitch, I bitch about it almost every day. So the consequences are few mm -hmm. and the harm is great. That's right. That, that just goes to show Alabama. That's why street gangs are going to recruit younger juveniles to do the dirty work, steal the cars, break into the businesses. <sighs> and they're recruiting them all through the state. But what scared me now, and I talked about it today, is now the street gangs are getting into the girls and they're pimping out the girls because you can make more money as pimping girls out for sex than the selling dope now or selling illegal guns. Because, of course, because the, the value is so much greater. Absolutely. And the big numbers that everybody talks about by 2021, like this year's numbers, when we get them next year, it's going to be astronomical because they usually say $180 billion is, is the magic number for global human trafficking. And I just personally believe it's a lot higher, just like your 1%. These numbers are, are changing. And of well, course... You'll never know the exact number because we're no. talking about something that's black market that's on the yeah. back, it's on the dark web. This is not something you're ever going to get an accurate picture of because no. it is so dark and it's so deep. I, I had a lady, you know, you saw all the stuff where it says 800,000 kids go missing every year in America. Well, of course, you had these fact checker or whatever they are trying to prove you wrong and then I literally had to t set this woman straight and then she inboxes you wanting to apologize yeah of course the FBI says 491,000 kids are missing every year that's right the FBI says 491 but what we're not counting about is the other 400,000 plus that are not reported because these are farm kids. And if yes. you don't think this is going on, y'all, people are living in Candyland here in America because human trafficking with organ trafficking, satanic ritual abuse, which we've changed the name to that because we that's a dirty name now. We need yeah. to clean it up and just call it ritual abuse. Well, uh, I'm going to tell you something, and, and this is... This is me stepping on a, on a, out on a limb here. Be careful. I, I, I can tell you right now that there is a chain funneling through this state that is trafficked girls, trafficked boys, that this is happening for multiple reasons. It's not just for sex anymore. They're doing this for organs. I mean, yeah. 
the sickest, most twisted things that you could possibly imagine is happening in our state. And it's not just the inner city. I'm going to go bold here. It's in the country. That's, it is in the rural. It is in the rural counties where there's way less authority riding around, seeing what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's in the barns, and I'm telling you right now, it, it's it's going to get worse yes. if something doesn't happen. If we don't have uncomfortable conversations. <laughs> I don't care what county you're in. I don't care what district attorney you are. And you feel like you don't have enough numbers to do something about it in your county. I'm telling you that in private practice, dealing with crime victims, I'm hearing their stories and I'm listening. I've been studying this for a long time. Human trafficking has been about the, the past two years where I got really passionate about it because it's not being enforced in Alabama. And yeah, I can. people will throw up, well, we got all these task force. Well, okay, why is it that the U.S. Marshals are picking up kids all over the United States, but we haven't really done anything in Alabama, okay? Well, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you there, there, there are some task forces here and they're doing great, great work. The Marshals in Alabama are involved as well. They are, it's going they're, to not take, doing, they're not it's doing gonna enough. It's a huge front, it's gonna take a huge front. And when I say that, there is only so many of them. They can only work so many hours a day. This problem is so big. Okay. It's going to take me and you. It's going to take parents. It's going to take communities taking a stand, having difficult conversations, and, and getting in their kids' business. Yeah, you know why? Because this goes back to mental health, depression, suicide hotlines, and trafficking. This is not a Monday through Friday job, eight to five. If you're getting into this field to work Monday through Friday, eight to five, might not be the field for you because things have got to change in Alabama really fast because this is a 24 seven operation. Because like I said, the cartels and the people that are organized and have billions of dollars behind them, are, are are knowing to, where to go because we're so behind. And this was told, these numbers are from 2018. If only 11% of American law enforcement have any human trafficking training and 80 to 95% of the victims are, ch- are children and women, and yet 1% only gets reported, we have huge problems. And this is a North well, American problem. We're also we're also in a transition period where we realize that we have a problem in this area and that the answer is no longer to arrest a victim. No, you should never. Uh, they come out with that this past year about but stop see, arresting that's, that's the victims. Right. That's been happening. That's been happening. You arrest a victim, they're in the jail under under their name the pimp yeah. knows that they're there the pimp comes and and gets yeah. them out and it's a vicious cycle that's never ending well you know karen they don't even they don't even bond them out half the time they're just sign themselves out promising to go to court and they walk out the door they're out before the officer gets finished with the report sure well let me tell you a little secret about about who these people are 
because I want to expose the playbook that they use. And I was very disturbed. I'm not going to call any names, but it was recently on an interview on one of our local news stations. This book, it's by Richard, um, Robert Green, excuse me, Robert Green, The 48 Laws of Power. I don't know if you've ever read that, but I've tested it out a couple of times. Um, just to see if I was accurate. I've heard it from several victims now that this book is basically the playbook. And when you're talking about 48 laws of power and a victim of human trafficking can't read through about 11 or 12 of them without getting violently sick to their stomach and vomiting, You better take a peek because these are people who are using some, some, some vicious mind tactics with young people and we're going to have to do our due diligence to make sure that our kids are aware that there are people out there that will hurt you and they will, and they, they may look like the most beautiful prince charming you've ever seen but their mind is just not no not that in which you would want your child to be with and and these people are are family members their teachers their police officers their their tutors i mean they're everything that you think should be on a pedestal and they're not anymore you can't trust them And, and, you know, this is something else that disturbed me this past month. Well, it started about the end of August um, that I wanted to see if, uh, which you would know it. Do they do background checks in churches for anybody teaching Sunday school, any classes that are taught? Do they do background checks in Alabama? I know that they do. They do because... It just may be my church. I don't know, but... Anybody that has anything to do with children has to have a background check. Okay, because here's the new problem. It's a new trend. The predators are now going into the churches and they're using the juveniles as prey because what they do is they manipulate the child. The child goes in there to pray to the Lord about her bad home life or her daddy's an alcoholic or even some of them have been abused and these predators twist it up and use it to their advantage to to exploit them I, I've heard of some of that happening I and, mean there, there's, there's some cases in our state that, that yeah. sound very familiar to that and, and here, here, here's what's going to blow your mind because you know I got I was told this a couple of months ago well how can you prove it well I tell you what you can give me a car a truck and I can prove it in a weekend. Let's talk about farming girls in Alabama, which is going on. If you take a runaway from Texas, you take her and you facilitate her. Because here's the thing, the people that are doing this are organized. They have nurses, doctors, lawyers, law enforcement. They have everything they need to have their own city. And be one step ahead of you. Correct. They can come to Alabama. They can come to that farm, that pole barn, that nobody's going to go on that land. Because you can't just walk on land. 
on somebody's property. No, it's private property. Correct. All right. So we take the girl that's been missing for a year from Texas. We bring her to Alabama, which nobody's looking for. And we will start farming babies out of her. We'll use the babies for the adrenal gland. We'll use the babies for sacrifice. And we'll start using the babies now to sell them because that's another hot topic. After next year, that's going to be another hot thing, selling children. And I mean baby babies. Gosh, I, I don't, I, I probably South don't have anything to do with that. <laughs> South America's been doing it. The cartel's been doing it. There's just money involved in it. And people, big people are involved in it. But nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to say nothing or bring it up because it's too taboo. It's too, too many feelings get involved. And people go, y'all shouldn't be talking about that. But you you know, know mind your own business. That's always a good one. Why don't y'all just mind y'all's own business? Why do y'all have to talk about this on this show? And I'm like, because it's going on and it's easy to do. Well, I tell you, I would love to take a tally and figure out how many people's lives have been lost because of guilt or shame. Oh, oh, astronomical numbers. If we, if you were to try to pie chart that, oh, I, I mean. Well, my point here is, we gotta we gotta lower the pride at some point. This is not oh. a shame game. This is a life game. This is saving lives. So I'm sorry if it's uncomfortable to discuss. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if it makes you feel um, some kind of way because it's happening in your town or your city. Could be happening to your kids. I'm sorry, but we're going to have to talk about it. I said that today, and I'm not. I'm stopping. I'm not holding nothing back no more because one, I don't have to. I don't answer to nobody but myself. Um, It's a huge problem that I've seen. I've studied it. I know what's going on and it's going to take people with boots on the ground all the time. I think it's going to be a step further than that. I think it's going to take boots on the ground, but it's going to take people being the hands and feet of Jesus. That too, because that's one of my projects. It's going to take 10 years. If everything gets off the ground after 2020 going into 2021, I believe I can get it done in 10 years, just like the Shriners Hospital. You know, um, you know, I'm a Shriner, and they have all the hospitals, the burn centers throughout the United States. They have one in Canada, one in Mexico, because they can do certain uh, surgeries that America can. Okay? My vision and goal was to put a tree out, like a, a small clinic hospital in central Alabama for the state to use. Also to have shuttles that run like Children's Hospital in Birmingham 24-7. The facilities a 24-7 run clinic for child abuse victims, sexual abuse victims, human trafficking, mental health, um, everything that most hospitals can't or don't really want to deal with, this facility would deal with it. And it's absolutely free. No cash registers, no insurance, No problems, because something that I've been talking about the past month is, you know, everybody can get on the human trafficking bandwagon 
we can all talk about it we can get out here and get in the streets but what about if i bring you two 12 year olds that really don't know where their family's at that there's a lot that goes with the uh survivors our survivors are what we're supposed to be protecting and you know they need eye tests dental exams pap smears uh std hiv screening they they need a doctor to look at them because there's so many problems with our victims and our survivors taking the victim bringing them in they're going to be a survivor this is now recovery forever yes who's going to take care it's it's not just it's not just you know you can't say you're rescuing someone from human trafficking anymore because they may just get to a place in their their mental status that they choose to stay that's a whole nother realm they don't want to be rescued from that that does happen that happens a lot in law enforcement throughout the country and I could see why they would like work so hard to get these p- kids out or young adults out. They get them out of this situation. They go and, and, and within two days, they've done ran away from there and they're back on the streets in survival sex mode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because that's the means they support themselves and they've been brainwashed. Yes. It's mind control. But now, now how, you know, I was going to ask you this with most of the foster problems, but basically we can talk about this together for all of it. If we had strength in families again, supported parents, multiple caseworkers, because I have a problem with some of the caseworkers in this state of just having a Monday through Friday, uh-huh. eight to five state job. That's all they really care about. Uh-huh. So, so I'm 50, let me write that on my notes here. I'm 50, 50 with that, uh, educating the public and parents being better parents and people go, well, huh, how are you going to do that? Well, we have to go back and educate our parents to be parents. We have to put the parenting skills back in the school level. And when I talk about education with this stuff, people go nuts because they don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, are y'all kidding me? If y'all don't start talking about sex how little girls can be mommies before they're 15 now and, mm. and bring back some type of trade, some type of something to give back to these kids. Like it was in the early eighties, uh, there was trade schools, people worked DECA, you know, the, mm. we had home ec. We taught little girls how to cook and take care of the little egg, the responsibility. I personally think we got to bring that back to, everything we do to train parents how to parent well and i mean you know the the same healthy relationship stuff that i'm talking about teaching in schools which has been taught in alabama and it's there's research attached to it 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 improved by the time that we were done with the 12 to 15 day course in a health class we go in and we teach everything you can imagine from finances to balance and a budget to figuring out what your personality style is to figuring out how to communicate in a healthy way with other people how to actively listen how to solve conflict how to deal with anger and how to you know figure out 
you know, just your family dynamics within your family, mm-hmm. you know, um, how how to navigate the the conflict in the family and gosh, it just goes on and on into life goals and um, personal virtues and, you know, strengths and weaknesses. These kids don't know these things. They don't. They don't. They just don't. I don't see a lot of like role models, positive influences, even from a social media aspect. There's not enough positivity um, because everybody needs that social like. We all need those likes. That's all yep. we're worried about. The likes and they want these, these likes and they want to be able to post these videos and what and, and they their want value is, is is so distorted. Everybody wants to be a millionaire. They want to be a sixteen year old hundred a millionaire. You know, nobody wants to work. Mm-hmm. There's no work ethic. But yet they want all this stuff. Well, and one of the things that I'm saying, and I can say that, I can say this for my kids, my own <laughs> kids, we had the impression that they were going to leave high school and go directly into a career. No longer is it cool, nor is it heard of. It's just outlandish. The idea that you would go and get a job at a grocery or Sam's or stocking, you know, in a back room or going to work at a dentist office to be a secretary. These are not things that they aspire to do anymore. They want to go directly from high school into a career. I, I don't know it what to say. Um, Others so, I'll tell them so, that it don't work that way. Good luck. Well, but... But see, that's their expectation and their bar is high and where I appreciate that and think that's great. Social media and some of this stuff has influenced them to believe and buy into the fallacy that that is actually reality. Yep. You're absolutely correct. And therein lies our problem. And we have a ton of problems. And so they have the expectation that we that we can do all these things that we can't do and by god if we get to you know graduate high school and we don't get a scholarship and we haven't made straight A's and we have all this pressure and we we aspire to be in law enforcement and we aspire to be a doctor and the doors close the first time mm-hmm. they're hit, they're hit with massive depression and then we have to worry about suicide yes Yes. Because they believed something that really wasn't real. And, you know, I believe I'm the absolute poster child for that. That whole, that whole bit right there, I'm the poster child for it. So that's why I relate to a lot of these kids that you got to keep going. Just because you get one door slammed in your face, don't, don't stop there. Keep networking. Keep your circle tight. Making sure you got friends that are going to listen to you. That's another thing. False friends, false social groups. Uh, everything's a false. Uh, all your friends that you think you have, you don't really have. Them. <laughs> yes. And, and, and I'll just be honest. I mean, I, I just went through losing a close family member to suicide. Mm-hmm. She took her life and I'm not going to go, go real deep into it, but 
the thing that gets me the most that perturbed me and for days on end I had a really really hard time and was challenged in how I responded to some of the people that were responding to what had happened mm-hmm. and my biggest thing that I kept seeing there were all these young people that were saying all these things that really didn't mean a whole heck of a lot because they are clueless they are and when you have someone that's in trouble and they're in a mental health crisis and you go and ask somebody who doesn't know the first thing themselves what kind of advice are you getting uh, you're getting facebook advice what kind of advice are you giving that that's where a lot of this comes from that is not professional no and it, and it it's not something you can hang your hat on no that's that is i'm glad you brought that up in a way because that goes to show you that there's a lot of people that do that on on the social media outlets and i just kind of look at it just like the people that put stuff on some of these uh like message groups and stuff and i'm going whoo i don't need to be a part of that no more click delete yes. myself off that yes um, I, I leave groups all the time <laughs> i'm like wow but that goes on a lot and you know we just had that sean's uh cousin uh i don't even think it's been a month now had a had a tragic event like that in which uh i know monday you're having the um the the, the, the lantern release family yeah. lantern thing in wetumpka at 6 45 which yes, which wetumpka um you know I, we've been through this we've been through that this month and, and sean took it bad really bad for a week and this stuff is happening we still have a show that we've planned for over two months. And because when we do this show, it's gotta be a hundred percent right. Um, That's right. Because we're gonna put ourselves out on limbs too. Because I need this needs to be brought up, Karen. This needs to be put out there about suicide, especially juvenile youth suicide. Uh yes. And matter of fact, it would be probably good that you join us too. Because me, you, and Sean can do the show at the same time, and and I think that not that would probably help him. But we also could use all this knowledge together to put out, because some parents going to listen to this, relate to it, and talk to their kids about. It. Uh, that's the hope. And and like I said earlier, I'm not sugarcoating all this no more. I'm not hiding from it. I'm not going to sit back and keep watching it happen because we have problems but yet we have an army of people that are ready to start getting out here and and spread and teaching people and and showing people hey there's there's help out here all you got to do is ask for well and and it's not me sitting here in my counselor chair you know (laughs) trying i'm not trying to drum up business i'm not trying to be high and mighty i'm not trying to be you know the know-it-all or the expert which i am well, well, you are but here's the thing but, whatever you're thinking but, you need to do you need to do it it's time well, for you to do this it's time for you to get out 
and come out of your comfort zone and, and get this out here because there's people here around Alabama, especially central Alabama, that are so lost and the churches are not bringing them in. They're not going finding the churches on Sunday because they're too low. Oh, oh, I beg to differ. They're in the churches, David. I the people yeah, that I they're in the churches don't go to churches. Well, I I know for a fact that it's in the churches. It's just it's just hidden very well, and the amount of people who are able to wear masks when they need to is unprecedented. You talking about wearing the mask or or covering everything they do up? Well, I mean, either, either, which, whichever way they need to do it. If it's Mm -hmm. in church, we're going to wear a mask. We don't do that kind of thing here. But as soon as you leave the church, it's happening. It's happening. Oh, I've seen it. They're, they're not, they're coming, yeah, they're going to the churches being a representative of who they are. Yes. Th- that's what I'm saying. They're not going to say, hey, Karen, I- I'm here. I'm new at church and I need all this help. Are, are you having no. Are you having that happen? Because I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing people running to the churches um, going, I need help. And I'm being, uh, I have all these problems going on. I have, I've had them in the churches come to me outside of the church one-on-one to have really raw conversations and it's it's brave it's brave young people and that's that's why you know i wanted to speak and and come and sit and talk with you because Mm -hmm. there's a whole lot that is in secret and until that stuff is out in the open there is no healing no and and not and 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 people here in this state have set themselves up for that for so many years that's why it seems like a big rock has been kicked all of a sudden and a lot of stuff is up under that rock and that's alabama's dirty secrets well and and i think we're just you know as a nation not even speaking of of Alabama as a nation, the the fact that a pandemic has happened and, you know, some other pandemics that were present all along, we just didn't care to acknowledge them. You know, we're, we're going through a time where a lot is being purged and a lot of people are not equipped to handle it. A lot of people um, choose to turn the other cheek. A lot of people... Um, a lot of people are ready to, to head it off at the same token. It's just going to have to be done. It's it's going to have to be done uncomfortably. Yes. But with compassion yes. and treating people with dignity and respect and unconditional love. Yes. And I, I think those, those are the things that are going to heal our state well, and our yeah. country. That goes back to strengthening our families and supporting each other, supporting our families, being being your neighborhood caseworker, you know, being yeah. putting it out there, educate the public. But 
I hope you're ready. I hope you got you a new pair of boots because you're going to need to lace them up really tight. <laughs> well, um, it's there's a lot on a what is it, Saturday night? I don't even I don't know, know anymore. My is. days run together. Um, yes. And, and how about this? The, We've done uh, consumes, about 35 It consumes a lot of time. Yes. And, and we're not really, we haven't even really got in depth. So basically, you need to get those boots shined up and ready to go. And you need to do another show with me here soon. So you're going to have to start finding an hour in the evening time to do one. Okay. I so, can do that. So, well, um, we've, got, you. we've got a lot of plans. And, yeah. you know, I, may, I know that you do too. And who would have thought that two Humphreys would be joining United to face adversity? Uh, it's time. It's just like I think it's just the right timing. People, people here need it, and it's just everything's come together the way it's supposed to be, and it's time. So, so here wow, we that, are. That, that's God's perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, have a have a good weekend, and we'll definitely see you Monday evening. And like okay. I said, we'll get together again to do another show. And I appreciate you for coming on this one. You there? Oh, gosh. Thanks for having me. I, I hope that, you know, I hope that some of the words that I spoke were were something that's going to penetrate a heart and, you know, evoke change. That's that's my goal. Yes, right. But thank you so much. Have a safe night and I'll see you Monday. Okay. Talk to you later. Good night. Bye.